0: to How I Write, a podcast sponsored by the California State University San Bernardino Writing Intensive Program. I'm your host, George Romero, and today's guest is Heather Carrasco. Not only did she get her undergraduate degree here, she also got her Master of Science degree at Cal State San Bernardino as well. Welcome, Heather. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: We're excited to learn more about your professional career and how writing figures into your professional life. So can you describe a little bit about your current position right now?
1: Currently, I work for Applied Learning Science. There, I am a learning development program manager. We provide training development solutions for our clients. We're called a boutique consulting firm. So a lot of times we can do different types of work whether it's creating a job analysis or survey development. you know We've even created scripts where we've made films for our clients. The scope of work usually changes, but it all comes back to training and development. And I've been here for almost three years.
0: From your description, I feel like writing is probably a pretty big part of your everyday experience at work.
1: This is correct. I didn't realize how much and how frequent I write until you actually asked me to be on this podcast. I write emails. I send messages to my team through Instant Messenger. I write scopes of work. So I utilize writing more than I actually thought about.
0: I think that's a pretty common perspective that people have, that they underestimate how much they actually write throughout their workday. How much of your workday do you think is spent writing in some form or fashion?
1: I would say about half my day is writing.
0: Well, 50% of your workday spent writing is a pretty big amount of the day.
1: There is many forms of writing that I do do, but again, it's kind of not realizing how much I am writing until kind of look at it at a macro lens.
0: In reading through your professional experience, I noticed that you You've done a lot of analysis of job positions, haven't
1: you? Yeah. Yeah, this is correct.
0: Can you share with us a little bit about that particular type of writing? What does that involve? And who is your audience? I imagine you have multiple audiences.
1: Job analysis, that's a very formal process that you have to survey the people who are in that job right there, um, doing that research, having to write. The important tasks that are involved with that and then having working with a subject matter expert to verify is this correct when i say your writing is more important in this job maybe more important than your presentation skills it is a long process at your current
0: employer applied learning science you focus primarily on web-based training can you talk a little bit about how you write for web-based training? What are some special or unique considerations that you need to be aware of when writing content that will be consumed online?
1: When developing web-based training, one of the things that we like to focus on is making sure that the content is engaging for the learner. And we do that through visuals. So if we're going to have an infographic, but we also have to be able to deliver that message in these infographics to grab that learner's attention, but also be able to talk about the points that we're trying to illustrate in the training. And so that's one aspect. The writing on the web-based training has to have some logic, any type of writing. There has to be this flow and logic that's behind it. How do we break up the content that is digestible so the learner doesn't get lost? If we put a book, up on the web-based training, it's not going to be engaging for the reader. So we have to make sure we put it in bullet points and then write effectively enough to have the learner understand what we're trying to present in the training.
0: What I'm hearing is that there has to be a logic with all of the different elements that you put on your online content. The image has to make logical sense with the text that's also there and then the sequence of the slides or the sequence of the segments as presented to the user needs to make logical sense so that it's most impactful to the user. One of the approaches that we have here at Cal State when we're teaching first year students about writing is to look at writing from a multimedia perspective and writing isn't just alphanumeric it's not just text but it it also can include visuals it can include audio as well and I think that's especially important in online content where you have all of the you have those options and you like you said you just don't want to post a book online because the likelihood of people just reading text online you're not going to really appeal to too many viewers if that's all you do. You mentioned earlier that you do video presentations as well. Do you work with an editor as part of the development process before you actually release the content online?
1: When we develop content, there goes through multiple levels of editing. So we have the initial draft that we put together and then together as a team, we all put in our input. And then from there on, we'll do another draft and we all add in our input. And then we have one more final run through, and maybe that's with the owner of the company or somebody who's senior level to give their input. So there's one person who's really good at proofreading, another person who's good at maybe looking at the sequence, and there's another person who might be good at the content.
0: Would you agree that you see writing as collaborative or more collaborative in the workplace?
1: I would say yes, absolutely in the workplace. The current role that I am in right now, it's a team base, and we're all at different levels in terms of whether it's expertise in a particular field, so like a subject matter expert, or maybe somebody is just better at proofreading or writing, or ex- with all that to say, it is a collaborative process.
0: We do a lot of writing when we're in school independently. We, you know, we write our own papers, and there are some group projects, but by and large, The majority of our writing for school is independent. Like you were saying, in the workplace, it does become more collaborative and more of a team effort where everyone is expected to provide some input and some feedback. Correct. You've talked about a lot of different types of writing that you currently are engaged with. What is your favorite form of writing? I'm I'm not sure if you're engaged with social media writing for work. Do you like writing client post-training analysis?
1: Here's one thing I like to do. It's called storyboarding. I've been tasked with creating a video that's going to demonstrate what teamwork looks like in the workplace. And so, okay, I'm like, that's my idea that I need to do. And what I do is I create a storyboard and I talk about what are the points that I need to discussed in this video. So I need to show a video that shows being an ineffective team member and then a video that shows being an effective team member. And then I have to script it out. So what am I going to say? What am I going to show in the video in the storyboard format? And then I have to be able to record it. And then once I'm done, if I'm sending it to an editor, I have to be very precise when I say these are the edits that I need to make, because if I don't do that correctly, then, you know, the editor is just going to make mistakes. And that's my fault, not their fault, because they're looking to me to give them the edits that need to be made. But really I wanted to emphasize that that's probably my favorite part is a training. And I do love to develop reports for the clients, because it gives me an opportunity to reflect back on all the progress that has me was made on a project. So I get to discuss, you know, what are the outcomes that came out of this training program? What were our objectives for us? Like, what was our learning lessons? What would we do differently? If I look back, it's really that reflection process that I like in writing.
0: I love the storyboard example because, again, that reminds me, it is similar to creating an outline for a paper, right?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: Putting all the pieces together and trying to figure out how they all Work together, you know, sort of assembling the scaffolding or the skeleton of a paper, or in your case, the skeleton of a video shoot or whatever online training module you're preparing for that particular client.
1: Absolutely.
0: I think there's a lot of parallels that you discussed between how we train students in the classroom to write and then the kind of writing that you're doing in the workplace. You graduated from your master's program a few years ago. At this point in your professional career, what do you remember most about writing during your time at Cal State San Bernardino?
1: I think back to even before my undergrad because I am a non-traditional student. After high school, I went into the workforce after my mid-20s is when I went back and fully decided to be committed to school. But I look at some of my writing from when before I was an undergraduate and to see how much I've improved since then. And I do see a big difference. And a lot of it has to do with just being more comfortable and confident in my writing. I have ADHD, and it's really hard to focus, especially on writing, because when I complete a task and when I do it fast, neurons fire off in my brain and the reward system is activated. And I didn't understand you know, that I had ADHD until my mid 20s. Before I used to think I was incompetent. And I really did not like to write at all. And I thought that there was something wrong with me. And in that time before I was diagnosed, I developed strategies, I print out my papers. And that's how I proofread them because on the computer screen, it's just challenging for me to do that. And then I use a feature on Microsoft Office it reads your paper out loud. And that helps me to read back what I'm writing and thinking, okay, that doesn't sound clear, or concise, let me fix that. But then uh, later on, when I was diagnosed, you know, I had that self awareness now, and I'm reassured that I am confident, it's just a challenge that I experience and have to confront on a daily basis. Okay, I got this, Heather, you know, I tell myself that, and just move forward and use those strategies that I developed to help me
0: It must have been a relief to have been diagnosed with your ADHD to help you understand why writing was a particularly challenging activity for you, that it wasn't anything about your natural ability, but rather it was just, you know, you had other challenges that were making writing even harder for you.
1: When I first went to community college, I remember having a tutor read my paper and they laughed at my paper. Uh, maybe the grammatical errors, and it really discouraged me from wanting to utilize the resources that were on campus. If I could go back, I wish I would have just maybe filed a complaint against that person, or um, but not let that discourage me from going back to getting tutoring when I was at Cal State, when I utilized the Writing Center, when I leaned on my professors for help, or even my peers to proofread my papers. That helped me develop skills and learn how to write more effectively
0: those early experiences when we reach out for help or assistance if they're not as supportive as they should be it can be really traumatic and really
1: discourage
0: people from reaching out for assistance
1: right 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 it took Uh a while though it took some years to feel comfortable because that happened maybe when I was 18 and I I think probably in my mid-20s is when I felt, okay, I can go back and ask for help. It did derail me, but I came back.
0: Okay, good. Welcome back to our How I Write podcast. I'm your host, George Romero, and we're talking today to Heather Carrasco. Heather, you were talking to us about your writing experiences as a student here at Cal State San Bernardino.
1: One of my first classes that I took at Cal State San Bernardino was social science 306. And in this class, I worked really hard to write well. And that's when I developed the strategies, like I mentioned earlier. That effort that I put into that class was rewarding because I got the highest grade in that class. And that was the first time that that's ever happened where I got the highest grade in the class. I did so well in this writing class that, like I said, writing was never my strength until this class. And so I think about that that self-efficacy that increased because of that class. So I think I'm very grateful for that experience. A lot of students talked about dreading that class, but for me, I think it opened a lot of doors to be comfortable in my writing. So I think about that. Another thing that I think about is my graduate program. I have a master's degree in Industrial Organizational Psychology. We actually like to call that program the MSIO program. My graduate program is very challenging. I wrote so much in my graduate program. I think one quarter, I wrote probably over 60 pages. Writing in the graduate program, it challenged me to become a better writer. The faculty... Give constructive feedback on writing. And so I wanted to make it a point that every paper I'd write, I would get less feedback or just get more positive remarks. And that helped me become a better writer.
0: Part of your master's program was a a master's thesis. Can you talk to us a little bit about your experience? You know, that's a really big part of any master's program, and it can be a very sort of intimidating part of a program. How was that process for you? How did you succeed in sort of overcoming the challenges that a lot of us encounter with completing a thesis?
1: With the thesis, it is very intimidating because it's the first time many of us are writing an extensive paper, the research that goes behind it, the data collection. The MSIO program does try to prepare the students as much as possible, but It is very intimidating having to write so many pages, drafts that I had to go back and forth with every section of the paper. For the introduction, I had to go through at least six to 10 drafts with my thesis advisor. When you're getting feedback at first, it's hard because you're not used to that type of feedback. But I had to remember that my faculty mentor is there to guide and support me to make this paper that I'm gonna have published the best that it can be. You know, they're really there. I would say that that support was one of the key factors to helping me complete this thesis. You know, I talked about my first experience earlier about going to the writing center at one of my community colleges, getting feedback on my paper and somebody laughing at that in the back of my mind sometimes when I would meet with my thesis advisor and they would give feedback on my paper is a kind of like a different experience because my faculty mentor is not there to laugh at me. They're there to help and guide me through the process. And then because I had to be able to look at their comments and make revisions on what I'm trying to convey in this paper, it helped me become a better writer, but it also helped me to receive constructive criticism or constructive feedback.
0: What was the topic of your thesis?
1: For my thesis, I looked at the population of early childhood educators and I wanted to look at their job satisfaction and retention factors. Why I chose early childhood educators to study is that they're one of the lowest paying professions, but they work with such a vulnerable population. So that's why I also examine distributive justice. How do they perceive the fact that they're their wages are low. And so it was a a great experience, because I not only got to do this extensive research, but I was actually able to go out into the community and have educators take my surveys, like I actually got to see them, I was able to deliver tablets, because it's one thing to write about an environment, but it's another thing to actually see the environment. So that was a unique experience. And it was really a sense of accomplishment because if you were to ask me 10 years ago that I'm going to write, I have a paper be published and there's over 600 people who have downloaded it, I would not have believed you. I was able to challenge myself and I'm so proud that I completed it.
0: From having these positive experiences at Cal State with your academic writing, what do you think was the biggest difference between the writing you were doing at Cal State, and then the writing that you've had to do throughout your professional career?
1: There is a difference between writing academically and writing professionally. I knew how to navigate that because I was in the business world before I attended Cal State San Bernardino. So I knew what to be aware of when I entered the workforce. I had to change who's my audience. I'm not writing for academics anymore. One thing that helped me change that dial in terms of academic versus the professional setting is that I have an associate's degree in business management. So I took a lot of classes on how to write in a business setting. So I think that those experiences helped me when I left Cal State and went into the workforce. And
0: as we kind of wrap up, how do you think students can prepare themselves? for the uh, requirements of writing in the workplace?
1: The writing centers helped prepare me to just be able to receive feedback. Receiving feedback and constructive criticism is really hard to do in the workplace. And it does, it prepares you for what the workplace will be like. There's an issue with pride when we get feedback from others. And if I were to get constructive, Feedback now from in the workplace, whether it's from the owner of the company or from a client, um, it's not going to be as intense as it would. It could be because of that experience I had with my faculty mentor.
0: You have such an interesting history. And I think your trajectory of writing is very similar to a lot of students. I think a lot of students initially sort of struggle with writing or have a less than supportive experience when they first reach out. And it's really wonderful to see that despite that initial experience, you continued to look for assistance and that you were able to really overcome some of the challenges you didn't even know that you had. You were able to complete such a monumental task like your thesis and do so well in the program. It sounds like you're doing an incredible amount of writing in your professional career and that you're enjoying your career and the writing that you're doing.
1: Yes, and, and really, I am so grateful for the opportunities that I've had at Cal State San Bernardino. I was able to challenge myself in different ways and definitely with writing.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today, Heather. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure our audience thanks you as well for, for sharing your story.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.
0: How I Write is a production of California State University San Bernardino's Writing Intensive Program, produced by George Romero, with music from Pinzas Morea and Emmet Fenn. Thanks for listening.